Hello. How are we doing, John? It's the Bold Men's Podcast, and they're sitting around this table today. It is Joe Graves and me. It's yeah. a twofer today. Yeah, we're, we're missing part of our trio. We're, we're missing the third leg of the stool. <laughs> so this thing could topple over at any minute? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, we... Joe, it's been a couple weeks since we've been able to be here and uh, and, and be together. We, we, we had a work day one week, and then we had yep. Memorial Day, and so yep. here we are again. And we pick up now, really, we've just started just started to scratch the surface of a letter that Paul wrote to the church in uh, Philippi. That's correct. He's uh, he's kind of introduced uh, himself to the church and uh, said a prayer of thanksgiving, and uh, he's going to start getting into what's, what he's passionate about mm-hmm. and, and what the church is supposed to be all about. And uh, I, I'm really excited for this. Uh, of course, uh, he's writing to this church that, uh, you know, that it was on his route, it, yeah. you know, it, it was one that he was well acquainted with and, um, you know, that let's just say they were well acquainted with, with Paul and Timothy. And so, um, this is, a kind of a reunion kind of, um, of letter mm-hmm. to, to encourage. And where's Paul when he's writing this? Well, uh, I'm going through several letters at once right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he is imprisoned at yes. at, the, at the moment in Rome. Yeah, so that's, that's where he wrote the vast majority of his uh, of his letters from. Yeah. He was very productive in that in that realm. So yeah. So so he is so he's in prison right now. And one of the things that stands out in the first couple of verses that we talked about a couple of weeks ago was that he he talks about thankfulness so much. He's Talking about, you know, hey, I, I thank God for every time we we we. Uh, I I remember you. I'm, I'm thankful for you. So he's, you know, when he talks about while he's in prison, he's saying, "Hey, I'm thankful for you. I remember you yes. with with joy in my heart for for who you are and what you've done." And then in verse twelve, that's where we start today. Verse twelve through verse twenty, uh, that's the chunk that we'll talk through today. And so yeah. if you haven't read that, feel free to pause this podcast, read Philippians chapter one, verse twelve through 20, and then come back and join us. Yep. Here we go. And he starts off. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let's start in this because yeah. uh, one other thing, John, no. about, yeah. you know, Paul was receiving gifts from this church periodically as well. Yeah. And and it was, they were great supporters of Paul. So and When you they, say gifts, what do you mean by that? Monetary support. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. It takes money it to takes advance money the to gospel. Move. That's right. right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, so um, it, it just wasn't. Hey, we're a gift of prayer, or <laughs> or like here's an Xbox. Like yeah. it, it was. It was financially giving money to Paul so that he could uh, c- continue his evangelism efforts to support him while he was in prison. You know, w- we think of prison. We think of you know three hots and a cot, but that's not <laughs> that's necessarily no. what it was in the Roman world. They would let you starve. Um, they, yeah, that's right. You needed patrons to be able to yeah. survive while you're uh, um, awaiting uh, death, awaiting <laughs> death, or whatever. your house arrest or yeah. whatever that that is. Um, but these people didn't give up. No, they, they supported them. As a matter yeah. of fact, one of the gifts that Paul took to Jerusalem came from these people. That's right. Yeah, it, it was. It's amazing on on his missionary journey back to Jerusalem. Yeah, these guys are the ones that contributed, and so we see that time and again in this church that they have a, a giving spirit. And so 
as we pick up in verse 12, just keep that in mind that he's talking mm-hmm. to a church that's generous. Yeah. Yeah. So with the resources. Okay. Verse 12. Now I want to make, you know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Hmm. There, there you, you go. You know, isn't it funny? Like, <clears throat> today, we if we saw someone who was going through hardship, we might say, oh, poor, poor mm-hmm. Larry. You know, if, if he just trusted the Lord more, he wouldn't be sick like he is, or he wouldn't be in trouble like he is, or he wouldn't be, you know, whatever. And here, we Paul's in jail That's right. of sorts. Um, and, and he said, hey, look, listen, like you might want to pity the situation, but understand that God's using the situation far beyond what you might think originally. Do you think maybe Paul had an understanding from the very beginning that this is where oh, without a doubt. it was going to lead to. I mean, here later on, he'll say in chapter, was it chapter two or so, he says, yeah. listen, uh, uh, n- not only do I want to know Christ, I want to share in his suffering. That's right. Well, he, well, Paul got that. <laughs> he got exactly <laughs> you know? what he wanted. Yeah. Uh, he Clearly, he had he had an idea of, of where he was headed long before. Jesus told his disciples that, didn't he? He said, listen, the world hates me, and they're going to hate you, right? They're going to hate you because of me. We (laughs) shouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. If if we're following that command. You're going to have hard times. It's going to happen. Absolutely. But take take heart, Jesus said. That's right. The pinnacle of the the, the frustration and angst and anxiety-ridden time of Jesus approaching his death, he says, listen, guys, you're going to have hardships, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You know, he, he talks about what's happened to him, and we know, that, of course, that is his imprisonment mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Rome. And, uh, and and more specifically, probably he could be referring to the persecution from the Jews yeah. that placed him mm-hmm. in that bondage. Uh, you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, but he says it's the harder you oppress it, the more the gospel is going to advance. Yeah, without a doubt. And we see that all throughout history. <laughs> Think think of it like this, and it just kind of hit me sitting here thinking about this. He says, I want you to know how this is going to advance the gospel because uh, it's been made known throughout the whole imperial guard that I'm in prison for Christ. Like this bad situation, but it is being made useful in a, in a good way that benefits the cause of Christ, the advancement of the gospel. Um, as men, let me... Let me kind of anchor it down to us as right. men, as husbands and as fathers. It is very important for us to um, to consider how we deal with hardship before we deal with hardship. That's right. Because as we walk through hardship, our wives, our children are learning from us, are picking up cues from us. I recently had a conversation um well, and I've lived through this most recently, really, uh, with with my parents. When, when how we approach death as a Christian matters a great deal, and the example we set for our children specifically around death uh, is going to 
change the way they see things. Does that make you, sense? You set the tone as a parent. You set the tone. In the way you mourn the loss. That's right. That's of, right. You know, and a great many people never really learn how to mourn properly. And yeah. I, I applaud Sammy for the for the way he's continually taught grief share in, in the church and processing through some of that mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, we have to realize that they are watching. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and as well, not just that. I, Go ahead. Well, I'm just thinking, I mean, you, you, what if Paul here in prison had been like, oh, God, listen, I trusted you and I followed you <laughs> and I did everything, and here you are, and you just kind of left me here, you know, <laughs> and started to do a, a big pity party, pout party. Now, I think there are times in Paul's writing where he gets a little pityish, right? Right. I think he does that because we're all, listen, even Paul, the great Paul, is a fallen, failed human being. Right. The Bible's full of bad people and one good God, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we shouldn't moralize too much. And, uh, you know, Paul's a good, you know, Paul, listen, Paul had weak moments as well. But notice what he did here. In the midst of the hurt and the suffering and the pain. Whoops. He finds time to be thankful. Yeah. And and to thank God for what he does have. Yeah. He says he he's found a way to be thankful in times of plenty and in times of nothing. Yeah, that's that right. Wherever he finds himself, he'll be thankful. And uh, I think that's a great lesson mm-hmm. for us uh, as we go through some of the things that are inevitably going to come. That's right. We should keep in, in the forefront of our mind that we belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. We are bought with a price. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I, I love the way and he God says. God can use the pain, the hurt, the disappointments, the bad yeah. times, yeah, as well as the good times. Boy, he can, and he does. Yeah. yeah. When have you ever grown spiritually and there not been some kind of major upset yeah. in, in your life? Yeah. I, would, I would dare you to look back on your life. And ask yourself, am I growing while everything's sailing smooth? Am I really pressing into God when everything is just peachy and wonderful? And I would say if you look back at your life, you would say, no, not really. Mm-hmm. That it's those times of stress and disappointment, anger, loss, troubles, heartache. loss, heartache, you name it, uh, uh, that you've pressed into God. Mm-hmm. And you've gained ground with Christ. So I would encourage you that if you're not having uh, troubled times right now, that you press into Christ anyway. Yeah. That you deliberately try to, try to press into that relationship, into mm-hmm. the Word of God, spending time in prayer, spending time in the Word of God, to try to gain ground in times of good mm-hmm. so that it doesn't take a disaster to make mm-hmm. you press in. Because so often I think that happens in, in so many Christians' lives. Listen, They just kind of coast along and coast along. And If we're not putting those reps in now when things mm-hmm. are good, right? when the wheels fall off, we're not going to have the muscle memory to be able to do it. And so it's like a, a crash course yeah. when the wheels fall off. Yeah, yeah. And you, you really just... You're leaning on everybody you can find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like you've got no muscle, muscle memory. Yeah, none right? whatsoever. Uh, good stuff, John. Good stuff. So, um, so verse fourteen then. Verse fourteen says most uh, most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment. 
and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great, right? By his example, you know, I mean, most people today would say just keep your mouth shut and <laughs> stay out of trouble. But Paul says no. Like they, you know, I love the early church because they never prayed for persecution to stop. They prayed that they could be bold in the face of persecution because they knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah. So how do how do our actions, John, impact those around us? Is the question at hand? Well, I mean, not to jump off in the deep end, but I mean, I'm convinced that we need to we need to decide now that our priority in this reckless time is not to be uh, uh, comfort makers or in our world. Popular? No. Listen, <laughs> listen. Like we've got to with, with with if hell exists and heaven exists. And they're both eternal places and destinations for each of us. Simple human logic, you don't even need God's logic, would tell you that if one exists, the other other, has to That's right, that's right. So if I believe that, and I believe the Bible says what it says, and it teaches what it does, and I'm a Bible-believing Christian, then I cannot be concerned with making you comfortable. In a perverse and sick time that we're living in now, my my priority is not your comfort or not sounding loving— uh, or sounding loving that's not really loving at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's that's the choice we need to make, and, and and that's the boldness, I think, that the early church dealt with, is they know, hey, we're going to go to jail for this. And Paul was leading by example. Yeah. And they saw it. He was a very visible mm-hmm. indicator of what was going to happen to yeah. the church yeah. and what they were going through. Uh so he was leading by example. He wasn't asking people to do things that he wasn't willing to do himself. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And his actions were leading them mm-hmm. in a positive direction. Yeah, that's that's the most we can hope for. That if we are le- being led by the Spirit, that other people will see it, and that fire will catch, brother. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's right. what we're hoping for. So. To be that's sure, right. in verse fifteen, to be sure, some preach Christ out of envy. And rivalry, but others out of goodwill. So, you know, he he lists these two camps of of people here, right? He doesn't know which one anybody's in. Mm -hmm. But he's going to go on here in a minute and say he doesn't care. That's right. He doesn't really care. But why why does he point this out uh, at this particular point? Uh, that That there are some people preaching Christ. Yeah. I, I I mean, think of, I mean, I I'm I'm not really sure why he puts this in here right. It's kind of right an now. odd place. Yeah, maybe in Philippi there are some preaching the gospel out of envy, out of strife, out of out of these situations that you know a rivalry, uh, don't want to be left behind kind of mentality. Well, there might be some of that going on. He somewhat explains like this fraction. I don't understand the complexity of this fraction, but. The, the the verse sixteen the latter do so out of love so the latter preach Christ uh, out of goodwill right mm-hmm. good posture good stance uh, and and they and that group knows that I'm putting here for the defense of the possible uh, of the, of the gospel verse seventeen the former that's those who preach mm-hmm. Christ from envy and rivalry yes uh, they do so out of selfish ambition not sincerely. 
but thinking, so their motivation, their thrive, uh-huh. right. or, or what drives them into preaching the selfish message of Christ, is so that it will f- affect me in my imprisonment, Paul says. Right. And, and how that would affect him? I don't know if they think maybe the Christian message will enrage the Jews and the Jews will push the government to, pr- right. to prosecute Paul. You know, there was that going on in Jerusalem. That's how that, this whole ball got, you know, the, the yeah. road to Rome got started. Yeah. Was the Jewish, uh, you know. Influence. Yes. Push, yeah. Insurrection. Yeah. So, <laughs> into <whoa. laughs> Insurrection. Oh, boy. Stop. Okay. <laughs> So, so yeah, so I, I don't understand the complexity of the the relationship here between the former, uh, the, between those who preach out of envy and out of goodwill. But yes. here, here's here's his ultimate thesis here. In verse 18. Regardless of who's preaching, the big point is that they're preaching Christ. He says, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. You know, that struck me like a ton of bricks in yeah. Bible college. Because really? there are, you know, I, I, I've got some strong opinions about preachers, right? Mm-hmm. Some of them I really like, and some of them I think are absolutely worthless. You know what I mean? Just, just the way it is. You know, I guess it, I'm critical. I have a hard time going to a church I've and listening. I've never been critical of a preacher, John. Like, I, I know, you have <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I have a hard time with that. So I remember I was working in a restaurant once. Yeah, I've been sharing Jesus with, uh, I was working on Ruby Tuesday on Strawberry Plains Pike in Knoxville. And I was sharing Christ with my manager, uh, Diane, I think was her name. I can't remember now. Um, but I'm, I'm sharing with her that I, I was a minister and, hey, uh, have you ever thought, what, what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. Jesus? And I'm having this kind of conversation with her. Right. She was having a rough time. I picked up. Like, she was professional, but she was having a rough personal life. I'm not sure the ins and outs of it, but I could just tell. I could just see it on her. And so I'm sharing with her Jesus. I'm sharing Jesus pretty regularly with her. Well, you know, Diane, there's a fix for that. There's this guy I know. His name's Jesus, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, one Monday, she come. She came in, and uh, or maybe it was a Tuesday, uh, she had watched Joel Olstein on TV and was so moved by what she saw. She went out and bought his book and read it in a day. Of course, now, I think you could probably read his book in a day because it's soft, soft and shallow, <laughs> right? And there's not much to it. Uh, it's like a, anyway. But I was so offended. I'm like, oh, that's not what I'm bringing. I'm not, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you got to drink the milk but, before you can eat the yeah. meat, brother. And I thought, well, this is preaching Christ. And if God can use Balaam's donkey, he can use that donkey. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. Uh, and anyone and, that, that loves Joel Steen, I'm sorry uh, for offending you. But. Oh, I'm not. But here's the thing. I mean, truthfully, but, but the same thing goes for me. If God can use Joel Osteen, God can use Balaam's donkey, he can use this donkey, too. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, but I, I kind of, I shouldn't be so hard on Joel because Joel is preaching the gospel, at least of Christ to some extent. I mean, he but, mentions Jesus but, sometimes. But, you know, maybe his motivations aren't great. Yeah, you know, but I, whatever. I, I look That's at his right. life, living it out. Maybe maybe it's a little bit of what Paul's talking about here. Yeah, and who's to say someone who, hear, that Diane, for example, my manager, started 
uh, with me sharing with Jesus with her. She ended up with Joel Olstein in his book and watching him on TV. And then uh, what's to say that she didn't continue to grow That's in her right. faith? Yeah. And now she's at an actual Bible-believing church. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But that, but God does. And yeah, God that's knows right. the, the path there. So, but the, the, the point, point is, is that Jesus is preached. The point is Jesus is preached in all of its iterations, and and glory be to God for that. So and, he and says, I'll, here. I, "Yeah," he says, "Yes, I rejoice, and I'll continue to rejoice because in verse nineteen, because I know this will lead to my salvation or vindication mm. through your prayers." And help from the Spirit, Jesus Christ. So he he actually attaches it to his to the vindication through Christ. You know this this idea that it'll be worth it all in the end. Yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, the question there becomes: Well, what's that vindication tied to? What is or it tied deliverance to? tied yeah. to? Is and I don't tied? I don't think it's to, tied to his trouble with the government at all. Mm-hmm. That it's tied to the fact that his name is associated with what's being preached, right? Mm-hmm. He He's put himself behind Christ, and he's mm-hmm. preaching Christ. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you that's the, the only The question thing. is going to become, will he hear, well done, my good and faithful that's servant. That's exactly right. What do you carry right. with you to heaven? So in some translations, like the ESV, it says it will turn out for my deliverance. Yeah. Now, we could uh, uh, wrongly... Attach that to his salvish, his yeah. salvific deliverance. The, my Bible specifically points out that it's not salvation is in salvation in Christ. It's mm-hmm. the vindication yeah. that the message that was preached, and it's is not even Christ. vindication from the government. Like That's you, you could still die. The yeah. vindication is to stand before the kings and 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 hear him say, "Well done." Yeah. People That's were the only vindication you. I need. That's right. That's the only salvation that I ultimately that I, I need is that all that yucky and terrible stuff in my life prior to Christ, that something happened after that through Christ. That something yes. so, something But came I'm not out talking a, but but I I'm not talking in Paul's not talking here about salvation. No. He's talking about well done yeah. in your Christian yeah. life, right? Yeah, like, that that all that that happened prior to Christ doesn't doesn't play into the end result. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I, I see that. But what I'm saying is the moment of conversion, you're saved. That's right. You'll never be more saved. You'll never be less That's saved. That's right. right? <laughs> but will you hear, well done? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't or, wanna, or you is don't God going to say to you, on the last curve <laughs> yeah, or is God going to say to you, listen, <laughs> hey, you're saved, you're covered in the blood of Jesus, but you've been wasteful. Yeah. You've been negligent with what I entrusted to you. Does that make sense? I mean, That's the vindication. That's the. I do wonder how much mourning will be, uh, how much wailing and crying there will be on that day uh, when we find out how much we have wasted yeah. and you know were we faithful with the little that god gave us or the um, a lot that the them the amount that god gave us ultimately um, i pray that we are faithful with it guys that mm-hmm. you know that we will hear on that day well mm-hmm. done yeah yeah well done look what it says here it says uh, it's my eager expectation and hope that i will not be ashamed 
at all, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Yes. Regardless of what happens, I fully trust in my Savior, and I know that I'm following his orders, his decrees. It's going to be good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so, you know, as we are growing and maturing in Christ, do you know, the question is, do we see that kind of selfless love growing in us? Do, you know, ask yourself that, am I, am I changing? Mm. Or am I just repeating the same mistakes over and yeah. over? Um, I, I mean, that's a, a huge thing. And we kind of talked about the, this past week. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, but uh, uh, I, I just preached a message about mm-hmm. obedience, right? Yep. And the natural state of the Christ follower doesn't find obedience as a burdensome thing, but a joyful thing. We see that pattern throughout uh, the Psalms. That's what we point out in the service. Yep. But listen, we see that pattern here with, with Paul. His obedience is leading him into some sticky situations, but he finds joy in that. In fact, he says, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, what a, what a great picture. Why? Because his nature has been changed. His nature's changed. It, you see over and over Paul talking, it's not about me anymore. Yeah. It's about us. He's always he's talking about that community mm-hmm. and that unity within the church. I, I get so frustrated, Joe, because so many Christians today, and I don't say this as a critical thing, really, but so many people are indistinguishable from the world we live in. Right. The posture that we see played out in, in, in Paul here is not seen in our world today, by and large, in our Christian world today. Yeah, by and large, uh, it's all about the rock concert show that you go to on Sunday, and it has nothing to do with, you know, how do I lead my life day by day? Yeah, yeah. That it, it's it's I mean, rather appalling, some of the... Do I consider Christ? You, are you even thinking about it? Yeah. And Paul is... So is pray you know not not praising them, but he's praising God mm-hmm. for the fact that they are yeah. leading their life That's right. in Christ. That's and, right. Uh, and so you know, coming up in the next chapter, uh, and and it was specifically in the ne- next week, he's going to start talking about this living mm. for Christ. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's great. It's great. It's a really really great passage. Uh, some people have said Philippians is one big memory verse and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, so, uh, next week. So for next week, read chapter 1, verse 21 through 30, and we'll be back here on Tuesday to hash through it. Of course, you can always join us live at The Hub on Monday nights That's at right. 6 o'clock. You're always invited. Until then, what do you say, Joe? Adios, amigos. Be bold. Be bold.